And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Gibbs Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleich. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Special podcast today. My guy, Nate Roos, from fun and the format and his own music. Nate, thanks so much for joining the show, man. Thank you, Andrew, for having me. This is, uh, this is very exciting for me. <laughs> well, listen, I remodeled the house. It was years ago. And I listened to Aim and Ignite just over and over again as I'm caulking and painting this house. Like, I just listened to it on repeat. And so like this is uh, an absolute thrill for me too. Like that that album like to this day just it holds up. It's so good. So I'm I'm so uh I'm thankful that you joined us today. Thank you. Did you uh th- like the back did you do those cabinets uh to Damon and I, I did do these cabinets. <laughs> they look great. Yeah. I've actually noticed that before. I was like those are good looking cabinets. Yeah, so this house we moved into uh during the pandemic and yeah, this room was like one of the reasons why we moved into this house. And like we redid all these cabinets and everything in here. So, yeah. I mean, it looks great. I've I've always thought I like anytime I've seen <clears throat> footage or anything I'd be like it's a nice looking room. That's a good paint color. It's all my wife. My wife is uh really good at all that stuff. I I have I'm afraid of what it would look like had she not <laughs> helped me do yeah, that. Yeah, but I mean, at least you're doing like the caulking. Yes, I'm doing. I'll do the work. Yeah, I'll do the work. She'll. She just tells me she has a vision. She has vision for everything, and then she'll tell me what to do. And I'll say that sounds good. That's <laughs> so. that's pretty rad. Um, we don't have that. I, my wife and I both are more on the like design side, and yeah. like, my dad is a is a carpenter. Oh, and, really? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sitting in my like studio right now, um, yeah. and it's in our basement, and he basically just like built it essentially. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah, but, and I like thought I helped him, but I didn't do anything yeah. at all. <laughs> like I just bossed him around. Didn't pay him. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't need to pay him, but right. <clears throat> I'm not going to pay him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's when someone mentions uh, that they, they did some stuff around the house mm-hmm. to like my music, mm-hmm. I always, to me, that's like the biggest insult. <laughs> Really? Okay. Yeah, well, but it's usually like cleaning the house, like cleaning the house. Sure. Like, it's a, well, it's not like an insult because yeah. there some of my favorite albums are my favorite albums to clean the house to. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they're boring. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Well, give me an example. Um, uh, there's this artist um, from when I was a kid, Matt Pond, PA. Uh huh. 
Um, and it it's like drinking water. It's so boring. Um, but I love to listen to it when house. I I feel the opposite. Like I feel like I need something to juice me up whenever I'm like doing work like that. Well, you're doing real like you're doing like real labor. Yeah, I mean definitely. Yes. I'm just like picking shit stuff up and moving <laughs> it around. Like huge difference. Yeah. Well, obviously your your music has been impactful to me even back to the I mean I listened to the format whenever I was in college as well so this is just really cool all my friends i told my friends that you were coming on the show and they're like what yeah. like are you kidding me like um, he's washed what's he doing no <laughs> i'm retired <laughs> so what so what are you up to right now i'm retired okay um <clears throat> i'm working on a broadway musical oh that's what i tell people that i do even okay. though it's like it's been a few years in the making um, yeah <clears throat> and it's just a good way to get people off my back yeah um, <laughs> sure <laughs> uh and then occasionally i'll write songs for people yeah yeah very but cool. um but yeah i uh i want to say i put in the work from like 20 to 35 yeah every day and then i have kids now and yep. uh and that's much more enjoyable for me yeah um so and and now you're watching thunder basketball i watch thunder basketball the kids watch thunder basketball we love thunder basketball my uh my kids have sga jerseys oh sick okay um if I'm down here, I usually watch games, you know, at, at night uh, after dinner, and then they'll come down and <clears throat> I'll be like, who's that? And it's like, Lou Dort. You yeah. know, they they know all the players. My three-year-old daughter knows every player. That is awesome. So, okay. So I need you to tell the people how you became a Thunder fan. I think this story is very interesting. Well, I'm from Phoenix. So, um, so I grew up as a Suns fan. Okay. Um, which was awesome because those were the Barkley days. Oh yeah. And then it was going into the Nash days. And I think I was, uh, I was just starting to maybe tour around at the time when Nash was there and it was the height of the team. Um, that whole seven seconds era, like yeah. the beginning, essentially like the yeah. first, the first season. I, I want to say they played two seasons with Joe Johnson anyway. So, so, so Sarver bought the team. Yeah. And it already felt pretty suspect. I was like, this guy seems awful. Like he was, he was like a budget Mark Cuban in that he would like try and sit at, at the front row of every game and he would yeah. stand up and try and get the fans to move and stuff. And, um, and I mean, it hindsight's 2020, but at the time it was like, Oh, Colangelo is like way better. Yeah. And then I guess Colangelo is a good basketball person. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause he, he like got out of that to help with team USA and, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And he did a great job with Team USA um, and then did a horrible job putting his, his son so, in charge of the Sixers. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but, 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 but I will say so, so I was already uh, suspect about Sarver. And then, and then he let Joe Johnson walk. And I thought that that was yeah. the craziest thing I've, I've ever seen. I thought that was a, a very brazen move. Um, Cause Joe was my favorite player on that team. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, and he had he he dunked and somehow someone I think came up from behind him. He fell on his face and basically broke his face for yep. the remainder of the playoffs that year. And I think yep. that that really hurt them. And then they went into the offseason and and let him walk. Um, but they traded for uh, Boris Jao, mm -hmm. who was my like then became like my absolute favorite. Yeah. Um, but through like they so so they would weirdly brian colangelo would like 
would keep masking like what Sarver was doing awfully as an owner. And then Sarver uh, fired Brian Colangelo. And I was just like, okay, like what is going on here? This is awful. Mm -hmm. uh, and I grew up in Phoenix. So like being a Cardinals fan, like I saw what a bad owner can do to a team. Yep. Uh, and so I was like, you know what? Like I'm out. Yeah. Um, and then like I selling their draft picks for just nothing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What they do? Who did they give? Oh, Rajon Rondo. They, they, they gave away R Rondo. They gave away a pick that could have been either like Andre Iguodala or Luol Deng or somebody like high in that class. They basically just like sold that pick, which is just unheard of. Like just imagine somebody, it'd be like the thunder selling the 11th pick in the or the 12th pick in the draft right. to somebody. I think nowadays it's different. Like draft draft picks are worth it's weirdly so much more yeah. now. Well, I, I mean, and even though I feel like Presti's has kind of, it, it's going to just like, it's like anything, everything circles back around. So I feel like mm -hmm. it, it's going to cheapen mm -hmm. the picks, especially after what we saw this summer. It was just, it was just like crazy. All the first round picks that were like just going back and forth. And so I'm sure that uh, in 10 years, when I do like a podcast for another, uh, up and coming team that I'm rooting for. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about how Presti gave away, you know, these picks for, for Usman or something like that. But, um, but yeah, so, so I was just, I was over it. I didn't want to be a fan of like that team. And so yeah. uh, I started rooting for the Toronto Raptors okay. when they drafted Bargnani. <laughs> oh man. Okay. And I was a Bargnani like apologist for the first couple of years. Yeah. I, I respect and then it was like so this guy's this guy's awful. Like <laughs> truly awful. Like I would just watch and be like, oh he, oh he didn't like he couldn't have grabbed that rebound anyway. Like did like balls would literally just like come his way and he would actively like avoid rebounds. It was yeah. crazy how bad he was. Yeah. Um and I stuck through that. Is that 06? Is that right? 2006? That was 06, yeah. Okay. Oh, God. It was, uh, it might have been 08. No, I think it was 06. 06 was that draft. I'm pretty sure that's the Bargnani draft where he went yeah. number one. Yeah. Aldridge and Rudy Gay. Yes. Yes. I'm trying to think of who else was in that draft, but I think those. Were, it was a really weak draft in, in hindsight. Yes. Um. So I was... Uh, I was a Raptors fan and then they started getting good. And, uh, and I had moved to New York and was, was living in New York kind of full time at that point. And so I started going to a lot of Knicks games. And so I wasn't, wouldn't say I'm an, I was a Knicks fan mm -hmm. by any stretch of the imagination, but, uh, I was just watching a lot more games. It, I like, I used to, when I did live in New York, I used to like drive up to Toronto to see games and stuff like that. Um, but as soon as they started getting good, that's usually when I like jump ship. Yeah. Uh, okay, expl just, like, explain this to me. Explain, explain like your your thought process in that. That's it's just so the story of my life. I mean, anytime, I, like it's the same thing. Like uh, what you know, releasing an album and and uh, winning like Grammys and stuff, and then just being like, nah, okay, that's good. Like I don't. It, to me, getting there is so much more exciting than being there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I never imagined personally, like with the accomplishments that I had. Had done that I was ever going to get there. So I, I like when I got there, I got, I got there and I was like, this is not my place. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was like, well, that makes it even better for me to like cut and run. And that's kind of how I felt about being a Raptors fan. Like I gave up like two years before they got Kawhi or something like that. Okay. Um, yeah. Just because I was like, okay, like my job here is done. I was here from Bargnani and I made it up to, you know, 
Kyle Lowry and and DeMar DeRozan like playing at like a very high level yeah. and like I was like okay now it's time to just move on and go to Knicks games and watch the Knicks lose and uh but it's <laughs> those it's like a team that you don't want to um necessarily become a fan of you can't attach yourself to yeah because there's not there's not like the hope in front of you with with the Knicks like in a real no. in a realistic no. way talk talk about self-sabotage if you like mm. like no one does it better than they do if i'm talking about self-sabotage like they are the greatest self-sabotagers of all time yeah oh without a doubt it's it's and, constant yeah they're, they're and, dealing for the veterans that are at like the the end of their prime and they have maybe six months left and then it's if, over well the what was it three years ago when they did the julius randall bobby portis uh, and Taj Gibson, yeah. like that was going to be their front court. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess Randall panned out, which is strange. Randall's all right, man. He's been all right this year. He's been, he's been good this year. He, he, I saw him here in OKC. I, I have not seen a guy look more disinterested in playing mm-hmm. than him this year, but he's still, he's still super good. I, what was that early on in this? Cause early on, it seemed like I, I try to actively avoid Nick's, Knicks games. Yeah, it was um, early. Yeah. Even on like my fantasy teams, I won't I won't put a Knicks player on on my teams. <laughs> but um I like he I think he was taken a lot from the fans too early on, but now I guess they're doing okay, which means that yeah. um something inevitably is going to get messed up. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um I mean it's so funny to think that, but but and for you it's interesting as as like a media person uh to see what the the Knicks media that new york media does to the players it's pretty it's it's intense like how they can turn i mean there's not that not that that the dolan uh administration doesn't deserve it but there is like a part of the press that is just like actively trying to like sabotage the knicks as well it's i've learned it's like a battle between between the team and the media and so like you're either like my buddy Fred Katz covers the Knicks, and mm-hmm. so like Fred and I talk all the time. Um, and Fred's not one that's going to just throw guys under the bus, but there are guys that will do that. And it, I would not be surprised if it was just because of the way they the media gets treated by the organization. Yeah. Oh, itself. I think I think so. Uh, who's the guy? There's that one big guy that they won't even let in the building anymore. I think he writes for the Post. Well, Berman yeah. it used to be Mark Berman. He he retired, but. Yeah, like Berman was classic. Like just if you want to, he's like a caricature of a Knicks beat writer. You know? Right, you're right. But the issue with that is that I that it's like they go at the players, and I don't necessarily think the players deserve that. Yeah. Uh, this the like the the level of scrutiny that that the the press gives them. I sure. like attack the organization all you want but yeah but like i yeah. think that the players that like what can they possibly do mm-hmm. yeah i think there's um, definitely some but that. those knicks fans are crazy um yeah uh so i i then got into um fantasy basketball yeah weirdly and i joined this weird league of of guys some some worked for the mavericks organization a uh-huh. bunch of guys in dallas and it's this dynasty league that has been going on for like 10 plus years. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and it's pretty intense. And, and I had a friend like kind of grandfather me in and I inherited the worst team ever. <laughs> um, awful. It was like the, my best player was like Kelly Oubre. 
Oh gosh! Yeah, <laughs> how is this that was, even possible? <laughs> I don't know. This was the Chris Paul year. This was I don't. Well, I can see why the guy uh, uh, left the league, but then yeah. it's like, hey, we need you to pony up fifty dollars for quite possibly the worst fantasy <laughs> team possible. <laughs> who is it? Was Kelly Oubre? Oh God, uh, Valanciunas, who who wasn't that bad, but like that, but like those are my trade chips, and yeah. and Blake Griffin coming off of like oh shoot. Yeah, I don't know how many games he he played the season before. Probably like three games a season yeah, before. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so I didn't even know how to play. I traded away all my draft picks. Like this is my first year doing fantasy. Anyways, as 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 J Dub once said or said the other day, like I don't still don't care about your fantasy team. Yeah. So so I'll get to the point. Um, <laughs> I uh, <laughs> that was by the way probably one of the greatest tweets I've ever read. It's so good. Yeah. He's <laughs> he's a mate. Like he's a uh, such. A cool person. I, I'm so he seems glad, like it. I'm so glad he's on the team. I've gotten a chance to interview him one on one a couple of times, and he's just he's just a delight. He's just a, a really really cool guy. Well, and and I think you know, like having this the small market, and then having guys who have I don't like a a small market personality. Yeah, just which like, it, to me is yeah. like a great thing. It is um, like being down to earth, just being. A normal person like yeah just like you can connect with almost anybody kind of thing yeah he seems like that type of guy who um you know you can only remember like if you're living in a well i'm i mean i've been to okc you know so many times in my life and it still feels like a city that's a small town mm-hmm. um and so to have someone that's like personable like that uh is probably very it's it's i mean i'm sure it's great for for you guys anybody covering the team yeah um especially after uh uh russ yeah it's it's a breath of fresh air honestly i i mean i i and by the way like no offense i hate the press and i hate interviews and stuff like that and and, like i understand where he's i totally understand where russ is coming from but also definitely yeah also it it doesn't do you any favors to to then like dig into it i think i feel like the way that those those guys did yeah, I I can't fault him for feeling the way that he felt. Especially, I I could never put myself in his shoes. I'm like, what people are always wanting something from him, and he's always and to me, he just has this attitude that got him to where he is, and he just can't turn it off. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I can't blame him for being who he is, and like, I don't know if he were. If he were anything else, he'd be being fake. So it's just like, okay, this is just who Russ is. Like that's that's Westbrook. Yeah, my my uh, my best friend in town. Um, I moved to Santa Barbara like three years ago, right before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and my best friend in town was his trainer for for those early like oh, interesting yeah. when he started getting great. And he was just like, I've never. And he's trained. I mean, everybody. You know, Verlander, all these different guys, mm-hmm. these super high level guys. And he's like, I've never had anyone as intense as Russ. If, you know, he like, if it's over, he's good. But while he's in it, like, and if he, if another player would come or whatever, like he would expect them to, to like be as intense as oh, yeah. him Oh yeah. about getting it done and working out. And that's, it's a, that's a personality trait. Yeah. <laughs> it's a personality trait. Like that's sure. the only way I could describe it. That's yep. a personality trait. Yep. Um, totally. But anyway, so so speaking of of Russ, they had just traded Russ. Yeah. 
uh, I remember I was out with my friend who, who grandfathered me into the league. I happened to have had like a private show in Florida and he would, he was in town and he was like, Oh, you got to join the league. And I remember getting up from dinner and looking at my phone and seeing that, uh, Russ had just been traded. Yeah. And it was like, oh, Chris Paul, Chris Paul's washed, yeah. um, you know, but there's all these draft picks, all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so cut to it's time for our fantasy draft. And obviously Chris Paul's washed. And so he was the only player that was available in this dynasty league, like overpriced. I think he was making like 40 something million or what was it? 30 high 30s, I think yeah. a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was the only decent player that was available in this draft where I traded all my first round picks. So I, you know, I only had like a second round pick. All the good rookies were gone, but I think, you know, there were no good rookies that year is the Rui, Rui Hachimura year. Oh boy. Yeah. That's um, draft. yeah. Yeah. Awful draft. So, uh, so I grabbed, um, Oh wait, no, maybe that, that was a Zion draft. So not an awful draft, but it, it got bad quick. Oh yeah. <laughs> Who did the thunder get that? Did they get, did they even draft that year? So this was 20... They were still good because they traded Paul George. Yes. This was SGA's first year. Yeah, so they had Bays- They drafted Darius Baisley that year. Okay. Yeah. All right. Bays, big ups to Bays. Yep. Um, so, oh, yeah, but that was like, what, the 17th? Or was that in the he was 20s? Like, well, he was picked 23rd. They had the 21st pick, but they traded, they traded it to Memphis for a future second and the 23rd and ended up. Yeah, was this when the wheel was this when the wheels really started turning? Like, was, was this was the beginning of of this, right? So, I they they actually drafted him with the intent of having the Westbrook team. Still, I mean, they didn't they didn't know that all this was coming until after the after the draft and closer to free agency. And was this Westbrook saying like, "I want out"? That yes, that the sequence was. Oh, well, I guess Paul George was the sequence, right? Well, Russ won it out first, and then Kawhi approached PG, and PG knew that Russ wanted to go. And so he was like, hey, you want to go to L.A.? He's like, yeah, let's go. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I always felt like he was going to end up in L.A. in one uniform or another. Yeah, that was the scary thing when they traded for him. was like, okay, we got one year. Like, let's (laughs) pedal to the metal. And then he ended up staying, which... I mean, obviously set up this era of Thunder basketball. I mean, just think of... I mean, he could have just gone to the Lakers and had just been over. Yeah, as a, as a free agent, right? Yeah, yeah, he was a free agent. And they had cap space, and they were going to get LeBron. You thought, oh, man, they're going to get LeBron and PG, and the Thunder are going to be high and dry, and they're going to have to trade Westbrook, and then, you know, they'll probably get something good for him still, but you're not getting SGA, that's for sure. I mean, so it's so wild. So, and I'll try and get back to the story, but also, mind you, uh, Westbrook was was also up for grabs. Uh, they're the two high profile players in my oh, fantasy draft that were up for grabs. So I had yeah. to choose between one of them. <laughs> and um, and I don't like miss free throws, so okay. uh, so I took so I took Chris Paul. Even thinking like I don't even think he's going to play. So yeah, it's my first season uh, doing fantasy. So I'm watching every every game it's usually like i zone in on a team yeah and uh and i'll usually pay most attention to that team that season um and so i'm watching these thunder games thinking like he's not going to play and it was just wild he would just show out every fourth quarter like 
And I'm like, what are you doing? They're trying to, they're trying to tank. You know, the whole, Oh yeah. Everybody man. was saying, Oh, they're trying to tank. And it's like him and, and, and Gallinari would just be like, no, we're not going to, we're not tanking. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just not going to happen. And I'm looking at it and I'm seeing SGA and I'm like, this is as, this is as invaluable as it gets because he's like, Chris Paul's not coming back. Yeah. No matter how good he is, it just doesn't seem like it's part of the plan. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. And I'm watching it during the, the bubble and I'm like, how far can this team go? I know. Um, because it just seemed like all bets were off. And also, like, if you look at that team on paper, that's a pretty great team. Um, Full. Dennis Schroeder was fantastic coming oh, off amazing. the bench. Yeah. Yes. I mean, we still had Steve-O there. I mean, it was – they were a legitimately good team. There were, there were people that I talked to that thought the Thunder would beat the Rockets in round one. I, yeah. I mean, in retrospect, uh, like – if you put that, if you put those two teams against each other today, uh, well, I guess Gallo's kind of messed up, but yeah, those like but that like team, that, Shea that, and that, even CP. I mean, CP's starting to get back a little bit. Yeah. Well, by the way, he's he's still on my fantasy team. There he is. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, I won the league the next year. Oh, you did. Uh, not bragging. <laughs> and so, of course, what I did was I traded everybody yeah. after that, um, and I wanted to start over. So. So the first thing I did was traded all my players to get uh, SGA, <laughs> and uh, yeah. and I drafted Giddy, and I was like, and then sometime so so I was in like fully in on on the Thunder at that point. I was I started to be in on the season before that because SGA was just so much the post Chris Paul year. It, he's just so much fun to watch. Yeah, easily. Uh, I mean, I like Boris Chow, some of the things that he did uh, were amazing in retrospect, but but uh, SJ kind of has that same just weird flair for just being incredible at something that you can't really like you. I guess you can point your like point your finger at it, but I was watching those Chris Paul years and and just seeing the, the ease that he would get to the hoop in kind of slow motion. Yeah, uh, it, it's just it's such it's so fun to watch as a fan of basketball. It's yeah. it's just crazy. There's just nobody really like him, you know, that's I mean it's and especially as a if you're a, a thunder observer. I mean you we saw the opposite of him for so many years. Right. In yeah. a, in a good way, you know, yeah, no, opposite not being bad, like just a guy that just was going to force his way there and you just aren't as fast and you aren't as strong as him and like right. good luck. And now it's like he really does hit like the slow motion button where he just creates like this tiny bit of separation and then just jets into that window. And it's just like, I don't know how he does it. He's, he slithers everywhere. Yeah. Uh, it's wild. And I, he like, that's the only way to describe it is he like slithers to mm-hmm. where he needs to go. I, um, I've been taking adult basketball lessons, um, which that has been like the, the greatest thing ever. I've been seeing like a, seeing like a trainer. Yeah. Um, this is all part of my retirement plan. Yeah. Um, and, and I've learned all those moves, you, but you can't. Doesn't matter how how many times you can like do them on your own. Yeah. To to do them the way that he does, and now people planning for that. I, I was listening to like there was a, they were mic'd up. Someone was mic'd up, and they were like, "He's gonna hit you with a second move. He always hits you with a second move. Mm-hmm. That's always gonna happen." And they were planning for it, and it's like doesn't matter. You can't plan for it. Yeah. You you can't plan for it. Like so it so 
it's especially now like no learning all these different dribble moves and stuff and then just seeing him and being like oh he's on he's operating on just another another plane of existence you know uh-huh. the same way that even giddy passes the ball so it's it's such yep. a fun uh it's a fun team to get behind and again like then you then you put the personalities together and uh and and the small market and it's it, like it's got me written all over it mm-hmm. um it's just like it's so perfect for me as a fan of basketball and rooting for someone like on like coming up yeah. it's just it's it's just so great yeah. oh by the way I, and then i i last year i traded sga at the deadline mm-hmm. because at that point he was injured and all he was doing was shooting step back threes yeah um remember i mean i'm i won't put you on the spot but there was a point last year where like the first half of the year all he did was just his only move was like a, a really awful step back three he was I mean, um, he was chucking it felt like and it felt like this a little bit this year too but it just turned out to be extremely positive it just feels like he's in the lab a little bit out there just mm-hmm. seeing like what can I, what can i do like let me mm-hmm. focus on my three-point shot let's let's see what i can do because he shot uh-huh. so well the year before yeah he was amazing that you're just thinking like oh wow and then he shoots terribly honestly for long stretches of that season yeah. and he just took Highly contested shots. I remember talking to Mark Degnault about it, and he was like, "He's like now if you if you cut out all the contested threes that he's taking, like he's still shooting like thirty six percent from three. He said, but like he's right. taking a lot of bad ones. Oh gosh, he was taking all he did was take. I, I was it was hard to watch because I'm like, this is my favorite player. Has he lost a step? Like yeah. And and this shot isn't even it's not even a good shot. Yeah. Uh, like you can't even be like. Darn, he just he missed a tough one. Yeah, he shot thirty percent. Yeah, three it was oh, it was awful. So I so I jumped ship on him, but uh, but was all in on on Giddy. Um, and then sure enough, like right after I trade SGA, like he he last at the end of last season he exploded, oh, and, he and so then good. you were at that point I realized like oh he's he hasn't regressed like he's yeah. he's as good as ever, and he's only going to get better. Mm-hmm. And then that's kind of been his trajectory yeah. ever since. So uh, apologies, SGM. I tried to trade everything that I had to get you back, but didn't yeah. happen. <laughs> so um, how much into the draft are you itself? Like how closely are you following it as like a Thunder fan? Uh, this year, Thunder draft, like insane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, s- scouted everybody, like everybody, mocked up everything. Yeah. Um, I was. So what were your thoughts on draft night? As uh, oh, guys. it was like it was kind of bittersweet um, because Jabari, st- even still to this day, I th- I still think is I th- like I wish that the Thunder had him. He yeah. just he's just like so, he's still perfect for that team. And I'm not saying Chet's not. Yeah, the both of them are are perfect for the team. Yeah, I just kind of wanted the guy who I thought kind of filled a glaring hole i guess but i mean jabari's playing awful but that's not his fault no it's definitely not i th- i think if Jab- i think there is something too that if jabari was here and he's just shooting wide open threes that are generated by shea and giddy that he i mean he'd be shooting f- probably mid 40s from three he would be he would be his college self but with like even so much less of a burden in, yeah. in houston right now he has a burden to 
show out that he's good because he's just kind of stuck waiting until someone kind of hands him the ball sometimes at the end of the shot clock yep. and he's got to just like throw it up or he's just try- like, you know, we're talking about SGA trying to find himself. He's just trying to find himself and his rhythm within what could possibly be the worst backcourt I think that I've ever seen for like team basketball. It's so brutal, man. And like I watch, I watch, I, 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 I've had to stop watching cause I, cause I'm a Jabari fan and, mm-hmm. and, um, like I said, I traded everything. So I, I, I got Jabari, I got Chet. So, and I, I was so in on this draft. I just yeah. really liked, I didn't like Ben Caro. I loved Chet, loved Jabari. Um, and so I was like, oh, great. Like the Ben Caro's gone. Like, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, we can get Jabari like, or I'm thinking like, we got all these picks, Sam, do everything you can in the power to get Jabari and Chet. think about guys. that. Yeah. Yeah, that like, would be crazy. How phenomenal that that team would be because it would be. I mean, they're still playing from. I don't. It's such a great. The Thunder are such a great team, and um, and I don't know who it is. I don't know who to give credit to, but it feels like Dagnalt does such a good job of just teaching these, like having these guys play such a fun style of basketball that's so unselfish. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, that's that's a, it's a huge thing because Mark is able to do two things really well. He connects with the players really well, and then he is able to show them what he wants them to do on the court. And some of it is too the the guys that Presti has taken fit the way they yeah. want to play. It's like you yeah. have to be able to make a decision with the ball. If the ball hits your hands. It's not thinking. It's fl- it's just flow. Like hop into the flow of this team. And you can tell when guys aren't. Like you can tell like Trey Mann has been out of it recently. It's tough. And he's yeah. not flowing. Like Baisley has always kind of struggled to flow offensively with the team. Yep. And it really is. It's not it's and this is something Presty said was like it's it's not patterns, it's rhythm. Like hop into the rhythm. Like you're playing yep. a song. Like we're all playing the same song together. And if you're not playing it, it's gonna be glaringly obvious. Yeah. And I mean, and you see it, you see it, you saw the kind of battle between uh, SGA and Giddy. I thought, I thought they played pretty well together last year, but at the beginning of this year, yeah, uh, it was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I thought, I thought SGA was just masterful regardless. Yeah. Um, and was. sometimes he doesn't play within the flow of the offense, but it's just like someone needs to not, and it needs to be him you mm-hmm. you saw even in the what that last game when they barely inched it out it's like you oh, kind of yeah. just wish in those situations that yeah you kind of do just give him the ball and everybody kind of find a way to proactively work around him mm-hmm. and then you see there's the other times when they are playing that kind of team ball I, th- I feel like Dagnall's really done such a great job with the rotations as of late yeah He's really figured out how to stagger those two to where when they're on the court together they're making the most of it. And then when they're each of them are on the court separately, um, they're making the most of what they do best. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I really liked, and he kind of went away from it the last couple games, but when you would have Giddy and J-Dub starting the fourth quarter together, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. like this is, this is something. And I feel like they've kind of like, okay, we know that works. Now let's try something else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, which I, I think that they can and they should. And, um, 
you know, it's like SGA with that step back jumper. He hasn't really been taking them that much this year, but Mm-mm. he had to figure out that uh, that's not the way. Yeah, it's cr- it's fucking crazy how. Uh, sorry, I shouldn't cuss. It's crazy how efficient he is. It's it is. insane. It is. Yeah, I especially the synergy put out this uh, shot quality stat this year, and and it's I mean it's not crazy to think like his shot quality would be bad, and like every mm-hmm. superstar's is bad, but you just compare it to like he or even giddy and it's like oh my gosh like the the degree of difficulty on almost every shot that he takes is unbelievable because it's it's but they're not this but they're i don't even think they're bad shots no because he i mean he just finds a way he finds a way there's been several one on three fast breaks where he's just pushing and he just just finds these little seams within the defense and they're all just kind of looking around at each other like, was that you? No, that was you. No, that was you. Like, who was that I, supposed to be? I mean, they build a wall and he he like he weirdly finds a way to like those those times when he ends up dunking. You're like, wait, where did you where did you come from? Like, yeah. you were just there were just three guys right in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> and and then I see you like putting the like your hand through the hoop. Like, yeah. how did that happen? It's happened so many times where I, I usually sit next to Joe Masato, who writes for the Oklahoman. And I just like will look over at him. I don't. I don't even know what to say. I don't. Even, <laughs> I don't know how he plays like this. Uh, let's talk about some other players on the team. Just give. Just give me your general thoughts. Let, so oh, we've talked absolutely. a lot about Shea. Uh, tell me what you've seen from Giddy this season. Uh, I thought I. I love love Giddy. I love Giddy as much as I love Shea. Um, just because like the Boris Chow thing. I just love guys who like pass. Yeah. It's my always my favorite. Yeah. Um, my favorite part about basketball is passing for sure. So I'm not, how am I not going to love him? Yeah. Um, but I thought, I don't know. I, th- I thought rolling into summer league, I loved that they were playing together. I loved the team vibe. So I was already worried about how it was going to go into the season because it felt like you had like this kind of B squad and then you had the older guys. And it's like, I even I saw them doing runs uh, together in the summer and I was like, how is this going to work? I, Thought that they would figure it out because they were pretty dominant, I think, in preseason, weren't they? Yeah, they were good. Yeah, they were good to start the preseason. You start so you, you started to feel if you were picking them to win like twenty games, you were starting to question yourself already. I don't think I ever was picking them to win twenty games. I, I thought that that was a matter of whether they would actively decide to tank or sure. not. Um, sure. I, I thought that I just think that they're what they do. Even you, you even saw it last year. It was just like what they do, the style of basketball that they play. Um. And we're really seeing it now, which is just so exciting. But but you saw the glimpses where you're like, oh well, they're they're gonna run even they're not gonna run out like a traditional center now that now that Chet's out and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and and that's good because they're gonna find a way to to win. And not that I thought that Chet was ever like a traditional center to begin with. He's right. a, he's a great piece of that whole entire thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Giddy at the beginning of the season, obviously was shooting bad. And then I think that he just like, I think he takes a lot from people. Like I didn't realize, I never realized until I got onto Twitter that how awful NBA Twitter is. Um, and it's particularly awful to him. Yeah. Uh, which is, which I guess is kind of fine, but I, I felt bad. So, so when Dagnall would start benching him. Yeah. Uh, it was just, it was wild seeing his, um, his body language was it, it, when he gets benched, it's crazy. Yeah, like 
his body language is awful. Yeah. And what's, I think that's kind of a good thing. Yeah. Um, He's outra- outrageously shows, competitive. Yeah. Yeah. So it just shows how, and then, so when he's out there, you saw he was forcing a lot, mm-hmm. um, a lot of bad passes. Uh, and so I'm thinking like, okay, well then they're just, they're defending him differently, but he's so smart that he's going to figure it out. And uh, I didn't think that his, I didn't think his shot would be part of him figuring it out, but somehow it's like, it's chugging along nicely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think they've figured it out. And I think he takes a lot of uh, uh, flack for his defense, but I actually think he's a smart team defender. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, he knows where to be and he's going to, he's going to hustle to get there. It's definitely the way that he's played. There's some times that he can get a little bit lost off ball, but that's just also just being young. And like, yeah, it feels like all those guys get kind of lost off yeah, ball. Yeah. Being 20 years old, like, and you, you're playing against these guys that have been in the league for a decade. Like, yeah, they know tricks that you don't know yet. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how much, what he's, how much he sees. It's just like, you can't see everything. Like yeah. he does. I, I watched, uh, there was a, uh, in that last game towards the end of the game, he was down on the uh, like baseline left, left side. And someone just snuck past, I think Braun or Brown or whatever snuck past him. Yeah, Christian Brown. And it was yeah. like, how are you going to like, you're gonna let that guy just like sneak past you. <laughs> but, um, but in, 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 in general, that team just hustles on D. Um, so I, I'm not mad. Um, no. but so giddy giddy, I was, I think he looks, I think he looks pretty great now. I think that his shot is only going to continue to get better. Yeah. Um, and those, those weird floater type of shots that he was hitting like all summer when I would like watch all of his like workout videos and all that type of stuff. Um, they've started to fall cause they, yeah. they weren't falling and it was like, okay, does this guy maybe have like, cause you know, Poku's touch is suspect around the rim. And sure. so I'm like, does this guy kind of have a little bit of that suspect touch around the rim? And I think he does and he doesn't, Yeah, you know, like Rubio, you'd be like, how does this guy throw these passes? but can't throw the ball into the hoop. Oh like he can hit I your know. hands perfectly, mm-hmm. but he can't, but so I was worried about a, a little bit, uh, that, you know, maybe Giddy had a little bit of that, but I don't think he does. I, I really don't think he does. And I think he works too hard mm-hmm. that I don't see how he's not. And the two of them have figured it out. Um, and it's, so it's just, it's just made the season like pretty spectacular. It's kind of wild how quickly they have figured it out because I agree. There were parts at the beginning of the season where you're like, okay, like this is going to be a process. Like this is going to take some time. And then around like the middle of December, it just started to click and it was pretty crazy. And the shooting stuff has improved so much from last year with Josh. I mean, he shot 41% from the field last year. Oh yeah. I, I, he's, I, up to, I, he's up to almost 49%, which is very respectable. And then he's up almost six percentage points or more than six percentage points from three and Man, that's just, it's more than you could ask for, honestly, like realistically from him as a shooter. Yeah. And I don't think people have realist, realistic expectations for him because, True. because the way he, he passes, um, you just assume that he's just going to be that good at everything, anything that isn't like physically, that you can't physically yeah. outdo with someone. And the crazy thing about, uh, Josh is that he's huge and, um, and he's got a weird speed burst that you just don't, that guys aren't like the teams are not preparing for. He's yeah. blowing past people like, like a lot. And he's getting really strong 
which will continue to be a thing. I mean, I you you watch him now; he's twenty. I mean, think about yeah. Josh at twenty-five when he's like actually put on real muscle. I mean, it's fun to watch him like bully Nick Claxton now, but he's gonna be yeah. he's gonna be a force. Oh, he's gonna he's be like an 25. absolute force. Like he's gonna be an absolute force. And and uh, like I said, I'm so glad that they figured out how to play together. It seems like they like playing with each other now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, no question. Like, cause cause those two, everybody was wondering how it was gonna work, and I don't know. I just I think I had faith in Dagnall who. By the way, when I first like saw him, I was like, I thought that he was just like a tech guy version of an NBA coach. <laughs> you you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like he just seemed like he yeah. was like a Silicon Valley. Like I'm like, okay, this guy's like, he's gonna use a whole bunch of words, and there's gonna be like some analytic stuff, and uh-huh. and he does seem like slightly off uh, as a human being when you see him in his interviews, and he's constantly squinting his eyes and the way he walks up the court and. All this type of stuff, uh, and I was like, "This is this guy's like a is a total like smokescreen. Like none of this is is real." And it's it's it's. I don't. I he doesn't see. Is he like? Is he that analytic driven, or is he really like he's he doesn't strike me as at as as analytic driven as I thought he was early on. He's not. He le- he leans on their analytic staff a lot, mm-hmm. um, and trusts them, and will listen. He's just, I'm honestly like whenever I talk about Mark, I just, I wish that honestly I wish I could be friends with him. I wish the Thunder would let me be friends with him because he's just yep. a really cool dude. Yeah, he's just a normal guy. Yeah, and I want someday I I want to be able to interview him on this show and like tell his story because his story is just outrageous because he basically went from being a college professor one day to being the head coach of the Blue the next day and then worked his way up to being one of 30 head head coaches in the NBA when it's it's he's one of the more unlikely NBA coaches maybe ever oh, yeah I, I mean that's what that's why it was so weird I was like where are they plucking this guy from was he grown in like a lab like <laughs> you know he's just seemed I really it's the, I, it's like, the Donovan connection. I, it was just like this like obsession with Billy Donovan that like led the Thunder back to Florida like over and over again. And like then there's this dude, Mark Degnault, who's like on the staff, but like who is like who is this guy? And obviously they formed a good relationship and and that's the kind of the thing too with being an NBA coach today. It is like way more relationally driven than it ever has been. Yeah. You know, if you if you don't relate to the players, you're not going to make it. That's why like Tibbs is just like Tibbs probably won't get another job after he loses his job with the yeah. Knicks. No, of just because not. it's not like that. That time is done. And if you don't relate to the players, you you have no staying power at all. Yeah, I uh, uh, I was watching like a lot of um, Portland games, mm-hmm. and and they were winning early on in the year, and I was like, oh, like. Uh, I thought, I thought Chauncey was a bad coach, and then I thought he was a good coach, and now I just think that he does like, I'm like, you know what? I don't think he's necessarily the problem in in Portland. Like, I actually yeah. think he's a pretty good coach, and I think that the players play for him, and that that was one of the first times where I was like, oh yeah, like it it helps to just yeah relate to these guys because mm-hmm. uh, you would listen to interviews uh, and. And athletes, it's weird that, you know, I'm expecting them to answer questions more 
based off of um, uh, details. And and usually they they talk more based on like feeling and yeah. and emotion and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Oh yeah, it's it is a different generation of player, and it's it's honestly pretty fun to cover. It's really interesting to follow these guys. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash dunk. That's linkedin.com slash dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Uh, okay, give me give me thoughts on anybody else. Like who outside of Gideon Shea? Like who's the guy that you're like? Okay, I like to watch this guy. Uh, I mean, obviously uh, the two rookies. Oh, the, there's three rookies. Um, uh, but 
I, I love I, I'm gonna go with the, I'm gonna go with a weird one. I love Kenny Hustle, man. Oh, that's my guy. That's my guy. Like, I, okay, so this was a question that I was gonna ask you. Okay. Um, in two years, who are the eight players that are that are still gonna be here? That are still on the team. Um, Shay, Giddy, J Dub, Ken Rich, I think is a part of that. Chet, I, th- I still think that they'll get a decently high pick in this next draft, and I have to just believe that that guy will be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's six. And now you're just like, probably Dort. Probably Dort is still uh-huh. here. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I'm a I'm a believer in Usman Jang. I just think that his skill set and his size are just so unique and if we've talked about it i i I I love love ooze if it works hated to pick i did too man that the night of i know i know i was excited when the knicks took him and then when i found out the thunder i was like (laughs) that was my those are my thoughts too especially because i i because i had listened to you do like a lot of draft stuff yeah you know and we're talking about oh aj griffin uh uh even just getting like a big uh uh you know, like a functional rim runner, like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like Jay, like Jalen Duran, if he were available. Yeah, Jalen Duran. Yeah, uh, and I think that yeah, that's that's. I couldn't remember if you were you were hot or cold on him. I I I liked him because uh, I also thought he could pass a little bit too. But um, then they choose Jang, and and I, that was the player that I absolutely did not want them to choose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't either because I I just didn't. He had such a weird season with the Breakers that you're just like, I don't know what to believe about him because right. he, he played so, so poorly. And then he played great and like like, but it was only like six or seven games. Yeah. And you're just like, I don't know. I don't know what this is. And then I you do all these pre-draft interviews, and honestly, I take way too much from those. I I take you way t- too wh- much. From, the, from the players doing yeah, pre-draft interviews? From the interviews, yeah, yeah, yeah. From the player, the mm-hmm. play, the players talking. Mm-hmm. So we get. To what talk. do you take from it? Uh, I just, I just value personality so much. I just, mm-hmm. I just think that that kind of stuff is probably a little underrated in ways. And like, J Dub was easily my favorite interview. Mm-hmm. He was amazing. And then you talk to Usman Jang, and it is like talking to a cardboard box and you're yeah like, man this is not it's not great and there's but then there's also like the language barrier stuff with him and he's crazy young and so like i had to like really think about like how how to like analyze that portion of it because it was just so it was just really bad honestly it was just really right. really bad um and then i don't know what to do with the the breakers thing but then, like as like I talked to a lot of people that cover the draft and watched him a lot, and they're like, "Listen, like you got to give this guy a chance because X, Y, and Z." Or there's literally no one physically like this guy in this draft, and yeah. if he figures it out, he's gonna be really good. Like Mike Schmitz, who works for the Blazers now, was just oh, so, was was Mike Schmitz? Was he high on him? So in. I talked to Mike at summer league, and he was like, "Oh, he's like you guys got Usman Jang." By the way, Shaden Sharp's my guy. Oh, um, dude! I remember all the Shaden Sharp rumors to the Thunder. Like, I can't. Remember. I was oh, I was I was pre- I was praying, but also at the same time, I was like, "Well, that doesn't make sense." Like, it doesn't make. But then they went and got 
went and got J Dub. Yeah. Um, but I actually. The, so the how did you come thing, around on Jang? Like, what was your? How well, did you? Okay. So I was I was absolutely with you, and I'm thinking like, okay, we're just like, uh, there was a part of me that still believed that that um, that Poku would would turn it on, which I'm not saying that he hasn't. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it seemed a little redundant. It was like, okay, we're just like stacking up these guys. And I guess one thing I want to talk about, and we'll just, I'll just, we'll just digress very quickly is the cannibalization that's going on within the squad is definitely worries me, especially when we talk about um, uh, emotions on these players. Sure. And that's what I saw with Giddy early on in the year. And I see it with, with, with Trey Mann now, um, who I think is, I think he's a really great player. I like, I love everybody on the team. I, and and to say mm-hmm. that I really do. I, I have something positive to say about all of them yeah. as players. Yeah. And so it's really hard. Um, in, and usually if I'm a fan of a team, there's, you know, there's like three people that I'm like zeroing in on being like, you're the problem. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, and with this team, I don't, I don't think that I'm actually, there are a bunch of young kids who, who all were taken by someone or by a, a group of people who seem to know basketball and have like a, a pretty nice vision. So yeah. I, I trust that. And then you see, like I see Trey like struggling and I see like, it just seems like, you know, there's, there's nice inter competition. And then it seems like a lot of these guys are it. I don't know. It, it, I, like, I think I'm pretty mentally strong, but I can't, that would, that would do kind of a number on me too. Um, yeah. trying to figure out where I fit and if I, if I don't like figure it out now, um, I'm not saying I, I, I don't know. It's hard to ex- describe, but it seems like a tough thing um, for the young team. I, th- I feel like that's their, their biggest challenge right now is trying to figure out who's sticking and uh, how, how everybody fits. And I like we're seeing them win because they're starting to figure that out. Yeah. Um, Dagnalt's still trying to find a way to to give man minutes, trying to give Bay's minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just even. I mean, it seems like it's even even for them. It, but but yeah, eventually the writing's going to be on the wall about who who fits within the team. Like Isaiah Joe just shows up out of nowhere and yeah. and and is 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 the shooter that they they needed. Is mm-hmm. the guy that you you want taking those shots? Like you know, Trey gets gets hot, but but Joe is just like steadily just right there. And he played some great defense the last game too. Yeah. Yeah. He's, um, he's got more juice than I thought he did. Honestly, yeah. I watched him with the six or some and he didn't get, that's a veteran team. They don't have time to develop Isaiah Joe or to just give him token minutes. And, but yeah, he's been, he's definitely blown expectations out of the water for everybody. And yeah. The, what, what you're describing is, is definitely a thing and it's going to be, it's going to intensify. Like it's going right. to ratchet up. Like next year, they're going to add a first round pick that's going to matter and Chet. Well, the the minutes that are going to Jay Will right now, man, like you're either going to have to get way better, or you're going to play for the blue. Like, yeah, and 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 I mean he. The 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 thing is that uh, like I guess you know you can say the Thunder have have drafted guys who 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 do something like who have a specialty mm-hmm. like drawing charges yeah, or in Trey man's case, taking like insane, getting insane separation on a oh step back gosh. jumper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and 
but then you're but then you've got all these Swiss Army knives. Yep. And not saying that I mean and 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 Jay Will is, is actually a really good passer too, but mm-hmm. but you know it's not it, I don't know. He's I got root, a ways like to said, go. I root for everybody. Yeah, he's got a ways to go. Yeah, yeah. It, it's going to be. They haven't had to make any tough decisions yet with the roster, and tough decisions are are on the way. In the next two years, they're going to have to make some really difficult decisions. I'm I, I'm you know I'm worried about that's what it's why I'm like what what do you do when I'm asking you who the top eight are? Yeah. You know, in my in my in in my dreams, I'm seeing you know a, a, an SGA, Giddy, J Dub, Jang, uh, Holmgren. Oh man! Like just based on potential, like starting yeah. five, and I'm thinking like this is insane. But what about next year when when I'm sure they're gonna grab? I would I would assume that we're done with with wings and and. Uh, I would not assume that. And point guards, I know, and that's the problem. I would not assume that. That's like the issue. But how do you get better than than, you know, you got? I feel like you've got Dort and you've got uh, J Dub, kind of, you know, one of them's gonna have to get that spot in the long run. And yeah, somebody guess, one you know, of those guys will come J-Dub's, off the bench. Yeah, one of those. Guys yeah, J Dub is probably pretty great off the bench. Is is the other thing? But yeah, but he seems seems like he's. I mean, he just seems like he's too good to to come off the bench. I agree. I think and, I think but, Dort might be the one that gets put to the bench at some point. But I just but he doesn't seem like he's would is like an ideal off the bench guy. So it's just a it's it's that's an interesting conundrum I'm saying between the two of them. It is. And it's a and it's kind of cool though that we get to see this example in Boston though with the way that Marcus Smart came off the bench for that Celtics team that ended up going to the finals. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's a there's a blueprint and Dort's definitely not the passer that Marcus is. But they play a very similar role, where it's just like go in and like create havoc and go that, get your shots up. That uh, that defensive play was wild, and yeah, and some you know what weirdly is uh, Lou Dort was the odd man out for me mm-hmm. um, for a while, and yeah. and um, it wasn't until they started playing these really good basketball, like this really good basketball, that it's just like even though you, he takes these threes where you're like, what is he? And but he he's confident in it, and mm-hmm. they seem to go in. Yeah. You're always like that guy. That defender's way too close for you to be taking that three, and it just causes him to shoot it even higher. And... Dude, I know that was like my thing with him in the draft was at Arizona State. The ball would just go out of the sight of the camera at times and just like appear back in. You're like, oh my gosh, how is this? How is this gonna work? He, that's, he needs that defender in his face in order to get that arc. <laughs> it's so funny. I, it's I pretty... love Lou though. Like I think He's... that guy's great. Yeah, I I'm now at the point where it's like, well, he fills a need. Uh, he's the, like the one guy on the team other than SGA, where I'm like, okay, and maybe don't be selfish. You know, sometimes yeah. he takes those reckless drives, but he's doing things that the other guys on the team aren't necessarily doing. Yeah, he he's all, he's just off. He just plays with so much force, just mm-hmm. all the time, and just can't stop. And oh, they he, need- when he locked down Jamal at the end of that, that yeah. was Wasn't that great? insane. That's so much fun. No foul, like not even, not not even. There was nothing questionable. Yeah. Um. He straight up bodied him up. Yep. Got him with the chest first, and then yeah. when Jamal went up, he was to the side of him, and he's just like waving his arm. I I showed that to my son. My son's ten years old, and he's like super into hoops, and he was asleep for that game. And I, when he got up the next morning, I was like, dude, you got to see this. Like, just yeah. watch, watch Dort. Like, watch the way that he slides. Watch the his chest. And then watch his contests. Like just 
there's there's not many guys that can do this. Like you, that's this is the this is the kind of stuff that we need to be like aiming for. Like this is he, and while he was playing defense, he was also like while Jamal Murray was taking the shot, he was his body was in such perfect position that he could basically like show the refs like look i'm not fouling exactly like, he it was it was insane it was insane because jamal murray's going straight up and lou's going kind of straight up yep and not touching him and also like making the shot impossible yeah i i'm i love dort i want to i can't to believe i'm talking about dort like he's the last person i wanted to talk about <sighs> But but anybody like, else you want to talk about before we well, before we so, go? Okay, so Oos Oos I love. Yeah. Um I just want to get that out of the way. Yeah. I love Oos. Uh oh wait, you gotta finish your your eight who are gonna be here. And then and then we can Shay, Giddy, J Dub, Kenrich is gonna be on this team for sure. Shams was saying it yesterday, and it's something that I've been saying for a long time. Um Chet, obviously. And then I said this next year's pick, whoever that is, then you said Dort, one, Dort, and then uh, Jang. That's that's okay, eight. that's eight. Yeah, yeah. I guess that makes sense, but I, I mean, I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out what they do with that. Okay, this is my last. This is the last thing, and then and then we'll get out of here. Mm -hmm. um, it's been a very long time. Uh, I love it though, because no, it's not like I know anyone who wants to talk about this. It's been fun. fun no, game. I just I don't want to stop either. Though. This has been great. We'll keep it going for just the last the last thing. Yeah. Um. Uh. So they've got all this draft capital. Yeah. I thought I was hoping like maybe like a couple of years ago that they would make a move for um, uh, like someone like John Collins or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um. Now they've got even more capital more capital more assets. Um, players that they could probably trade, you know, along with that, mm -hmm. even say Lou Dort, and they can chase sure. someone big. Mm -hmm. What's the point? I don't think there's a point in chasing anyone big. Is 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 Sam Presti thinking about uh, throwing a superstar or someone uh, on the cusp or something like that into the mix? I don't think that's on the radar today. So then what do you do with all this, all these draft picks? I think you first have to figure out what you have. And I think that's the that's the thing I think that will happen over the rest of this year and next season. It's like what do we have? And the good the good thing is they only have one pick in this next draft that's going to convey. It'll be their own. Mm -hmm. And then they'll have up to four first rounders in 2024. And that's when I think you'll have a better idea of what you're looking at. And you can either and Sam has proven that he'll do this. He'll kick the can down the road. He did this with picks the last time around where he's just like, okay, we're not ready. We're not really to make ready to make a decision yet. Let's try to find here. We'll give you this year's pick. If you give us a lottery protected or top 10 protected pick in 2028, right? Whatever. And so I think he has options there. And I think we'll just know more after this, after next season, after you get to see Chet with these guys, mm -hmm. after you get to see Jang, play like a full season hopefully i think you'll have a better idea of what you need and then i mean there's a chance that this team is actually really good next year <laughs> like, i mean like, are they not will they not try and make the play in this year i think they will i think i i think that i think we're finally seeing games of consequence like i think that denver game you know that's the phrase is that press says like if we're playing games of consequence we're just gonna let it ride 
And I think that we're starting to see those games. I mean, they're at 500, you know, just about. They're one game under 500. Mm-hmm. They're within play and range. I, th- I think that you let this play out. And it could, it could play out that they just don't make it because right. other teams make moves. Like the Blazers somehow stop playing like garbage and things just click for guys. Or the Lakers make a deal. They get Bogdanovich as well. And AD comes back and they take off. Like there's, there's so many things outside of the Thunder's control that could happen that could lead to mm-hmm. them not making the play-in. Mm-hmm. And so the good thing about that is like this season, like if they make the play-in, that's awesome. Like great experience for this team. If they don't, great. You get a little bit better draft pick and get to choose a guy that you like a little bit more because you're a few spots higher. So I think you're just kind of playing with house money at this point. Yeah, it, which is, I mean, kind of what I figure. But I, I, I weirdly think, that, uh, barring any crazy like injury mm-hmm. or just not trying to make the play, and I just I find it so hard to see like it's just a weird competitive <laughs> group. Like we talk about Ken Rich Williams, and it's just like I love he's so so much. Like, he's older than these guys, mm-hmm. uh, and he's his like level of improvement is just amazing. He would even, that's, that's one of my favorite things to sit down with Kenrich at the beginning of the season and just talk to him about like, can you believe you're here? Like, can you believe you're doing this? And he's just like, man, I honestly can't, like, I can't believe that this is happening. <laughs> you know? Why? Like he's not even like Kenny hustle anymore. He's just like Kenny, like the guy, like I, tr- I trust him. He's 53% from the field this year. Yeah, I think that's the best on the team. The when he yeah. he he takes like mid his mid range shot, I'm like, okay, that thing's going in. I know, I know. I his also his passing the other night against the Pacers when yeah, it was eleven like, assists. Yeah, I mean it was like I didn't I didn't know he was capable of. He threw some the Denver game too. He threw some some great like timely passes. Yeah, I mean he's you can tell like, he's not done developing either. Like he has soaked up so much over the past two years from this team this guy's what 28 yeah he's 28 it's insane it's insane it's like that's what i that's why i love him is just he i i loved him two years ago mm-hmm. um and just seeing how much he just gets better yeah at 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 like discernible like skills he's not just like it's not like he's getting better his shot is falling right no you're like, right He's such a useful player at this he's point. He's so useful. It's crazy. And he see he sees I mean, when you have these guys like um like like SGA and Giddy who are also operating and even J Will sometimes or J Dub like are operating on like just a higher plane of seeing things, like it's nice to have that third person. And I think I think Chet kind of has that a little bit of that mojo too. Oh. So I'm I'm excited to see that. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how some of this stuff has fallen into their laps. Cause like Kenrich was just a throw-in in that Steven Adams deal. And it turns out, oh, you're just the kind of player that we want. Like yeah. Shoot past dribble, plays hard on defense. Like, great. Like you fit in. This is the Let's Boris go. Jow cast, but that's what that's what yeah. Boris Jow was when the Suns traded, like when they had to give Joe Johnson like yep. a sign and trade. Boris came and it, you know, I remember reading like Hollinger say, like trashing him. Yeah. Uh as just not being a, a, a basketball player, basically. Yeah. And yeah. And then Sure enough, like he's an unbelievable. Just like I love those Swiss Army knife type of guys that can just do weird stuff, and the Thunder is just full of full of them. 
Yeah, that's the goal. And they're gonna they're gonna try to get another one. That's why when you look at the twenty three draft, you can already start to like figure out like, okay, this guy's a Thunder guy and that guy's not. Like the Thompson twins, Thunder players. Like Cam Whitmore, not a Thunder player. Like I'm not paying I'm not paying attention to this draft. I swear to God, because what? Okay, um, uh, I traded for. I've got four Thunder players on my my squad right now, uh-huh. and I'm like, you know what? Like I, I, and and Jabari and Shaden. Yeah. Like, I spent way too much time paying attention. I fell in love with every player from yeah. the last draft, <laughs> and so I was like, I'm not going to do this again. And yeah. then, and Thunder speaking wise, it's just like I don't. I'm just going to trust. Trust what Presty does, and yeah, you can't because there are some like there's some there's some juice in this draft. Are there? Is there really? Yeah, yeah, really, really good players. Or is it just that there's a there's a uh, such a uh, irrefutable number one that everybody thinks then that the the class is stacked? No, man, this the Thompson twins are super fun. Yeah, but they can't like that shot. They can't shoot. No, but there's just so much else, man. There's just so much else to love. Uh, Keontae George out of Baylor is I, I oh, think no. that guy is super fun and then this guard this guard Anthony Black he's six seven he's just got like thunder yeah, yeah, written all over him wait wait is is he the guy with like the big the the yeah, he's got big yeah, hair he, oh, he's a he's a trip man yeah he's a he's he's a, he's a, he's what uh, all the players are gonna like a lot of players are gonna start playing like post thunder like that's a that's yeah. a it's almost like they're, you know, everybody talks about oh, that, like how the, the Raptors have these, these um, crazy long, like all this length and all this type of stuff, and and Orlando's building, yeah, like a stretch squad. Yeah. Um, but the Thunder are building this, like everybody can pass and will pass. Yeah, that's Anthony Black. I, the shooting stuff is bad, and so like that makes me wonder. I just would be curious what they think. Like, what do you get? What What do you guys think of the evaluation? If I were to, and I won't know that, but I'm very curious to see what the Thunder would think about that. Because if it's fixable, like they they saw Giddy and they're like, we can fix this. Like this this will work eventually. And I don't know, I don't know what their thoughts are on Anthony Blackshot. And if they think it can work, he's a great rebounder for a guard. He can really pass. He's a defensive just nightmare. He's like almost two steals per game. Like he's just is, he's so much fun, and he's yeah. Only he looks 19. he looks great, but it's like, but once again, it's like he'd be cannibal. Like they they, it seems redundant at this point. It is. It's the. I mean, eventually, it's just going to be the Spider Man meme everywhere on this Thunder right. team. But. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, I have one last question. Okay. I can't remember it, so we're good. <laughs> uh, Nate Roos. Go listen on Spotify. I'm listening. I'm all right. They don't need to go. Listen. Yes, go listen. It's don't very, do it. It's very, very good. Everything, don't do it. Everything that you've done. The format, fun. Go just go look up Nate Roos's, uh solo album, too. It's very, very, very good. Uh, thanks for joining. This was great. Uh, I've been looking forward to this. Uh, we, we connected, what was it, like two and a half weeks ago? Yeah. Um, I've been looking forward to this since then, so I appreciate you, man. Oh, this is so much fun. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew, for having me. Thank you. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.